You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 182. Talk about company culture with Tamima Shamas. Tamima Shamas is a leading entertainment executive who is pioneering the growth of brands and talent in the digital age of influencers, followers, and virality. At the young age of 24, she is the CEO and founder of Next Step Talent, a full-service management company and digital brand consulting agency that specializes in long-term growth through digital strategy and audience relationship building. Tamima, alongside her team and their clients, has secured massive brand growth achievements, including 5 billion-plus YouTube views, a number 7 debut Spotify album, highlights in YouTube's Black Creator Class of 2023, TikTok's biggest POV stars, and one of New York Fashion Week's creators with the highest brand return of 2023, over $723,000, with viral campaigns being featured in media outlets like Business Insider and The New York Post. Tamima, passionate about giving back, has worked to promote the nonprofit Outright Action International to support the LGBTQIA community. At the age of 10, Tamima was involved in Strength to Strength, an organization for kids affected by 9-11 and terrorism, where she spoke at the United Nations advocating for global peace. She also co-founded an organization called Women Power Her Music to encourage women to start businesses during quarantine. As someone who grew up in a household where she had to be resourceful at a very young age, Shamas is an advocate for mental health and entrepreneurship and inspires others to take a chance at any age. With a passion for entrepreneurship and scaling brands, Tamima is focused on finding budding talent and partners to help make a difference in the business ecosystem. And today, Tamima is here to talk about company culture and talk about managing Gen Z employees, among many other things. Tamima is a wealth of knowledge, wise beyond her years, and I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. As always, it is me, your host, Renee Dallow. I am joined by the wonderful and fabulous Tamima Shamas. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks for being here, friend. Um, you and I had such a lovely pre-recording conversation that I wish I had recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here to talk about a number of things, um, but tell the people, they've already heard your bio, but just give them like a little a little nugget of like what it is that you love most about what you do. I mean, really what I love about what I do is when you kind of take it down to the notch, um, there's two things. One, I feel like everyone who's an entrepreneur is often born an entrepreneur, but they don't ever know how to channel that. I remember being very young and I used to walk down the street and be like, I wonder who pay like learned how to pave this road. And all my friends were like, you're a little weirdo. <laughs> and I was like in third grade and I'm like, no, this is so interesting to me. And looking back, you know, I talked to a lot of my other entrepreneur friends. So for me, it's all about problem solving and helping people. And when you take whether I was in the industry I'm in now or building another business, for me, it's how can we create something that helps somebody else? And that is what I love about what I do. And, you know, I do it for talent management right now and consulting and brands and whatever that is. But we also are building brands with our talent. We're solving new problems, talking to tech companies. So at the end of the day, it's all just about 
how can we help the people around us and make their lives easier? I love that. So I also grew up in New York City and I purposely didn't talk about this before we recorded, but I think there is something about growing up in an environment where like anything and everything is possible and or you're exposed to all the things that creates a different sort of brain in, in us kids who are city kids. Do you agree? I actually, I grew up on Long Island, so I didn't grow up in the city, but I did. I think that I was always, and this is actually an interesting take. So I'm from Israel and then I grew up on Long Island, but I always wanted to be a city kid. Mm -hmm. I always felt like I fit in better and I felt (laughs) like there was more diversity and more um, opportunity there. So starting when I was 13, I used to take the train in by myself and (laughs) meet with people. Um, I did acting at the time. I would like find auditions online and go cold call walk into these things, forge my parents' signature. Whoever's listening, don't do that. Um, But (laughs) I used to... I used to forge it and um, get myself to have those opportunities. I always felt more free and that there, the world was, the opportunities were endless, whereas yeah. on Long Island, I didn't feel that way. Yeah. Well, okay. So now I have to tell you that I went to high school on Long Island as a city. <laughs> My mom moved us to Long Island because she was nervous. So I actually went to high school in Garden City. That's so interesting. So my dad lived in West Hempstead. Oh my God. And my mom lived, so I went to high school in Plainview. We were basically, and well, I, Hempstead is a neighbor, basically. Yeah, no, but literally neighbors. Um, what I would say, exactly what you just said, based off like the nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of parents um, right now in these days are so nervous that no matter where you grow up, they're not allowing kids to really experience things. Yes. And kids have an innate ability to learn from their mistakes. And what ends up happening is when you shut that down, they kind of get scared to do that, to make the mistakes. And people always ask me, aren't you afraid your company's going to fail? And I'm like, so what would the worst thing, let's say it did, what would the worst possible thing that happened? And honestly, I can't think of anything because you just, there's other opportunities. Yeah. And so it just takes that away and anything could happen to anyone at any point, no matter where you live, how much safety you have, Yeah, anything could happen. It's true. And you know, you're 24, right? Currently. So you're 24 and you own your own business. When I was 24, I definitely wasn't in the headspace of like owning my own business yet. Now that I look at myself and what I'm capable of, it's like if I had had even like 1% of the confidence that I had now at 24, like imagine what I could have accomplished. Like it's interesting that your generation, God, I sound like an old lady, but it's, it's true. Like there is that fear, right? There's that fear everywhere, but yet you were like, fuck the fear. I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah, I think I always had a different perspective and it might be a little bit because of how I was raised. Mm. Um, We, you know, I was raised in a household where I started working when I was 10. But I do think even from a very young age, I always found myself wanting to try new things and not being afraid of, you know, people would say like, oh, you don't you don't think like you just cross the street, you don't look like, you know, I was always that kid. And in reality, I do things smart and as safe as possible but i always lived in a way where i felt like things can happen anywhere and bad and and like i said it might be because of how i was raised in um a family where there was a lot of loss at a young age yeah so i didn't really have ties but i do feel like you know people need to start taking that step back because you only get one life 
and there's a whole world to see and a lot of things that you're capable of and often all the things that you were bullied for when you were younger that gave you an insecurity yeah are the things that are gonna make you the most successful that you just bury deep down and never touch yeah it's oh it's that's fucking true um so you came into your own business through your music degree your music business degree and then like working through record companies right yeah so i started out um working at a bunch of different record labels and my last one was visionary records and i was working heading up influencer marketing learning as i went and um my boss one day just was like why don't you manage one of these people and i honestly had never thought about it and i didn't know what i was doing but i called up one of the influencers and i was like hey i am don't really know what i'm doing but i know that i used to have a manager for acting i didn't like my manager I know what I liked and I didn't like, um, and I would love to learn and grow with you. And that's how it started. Nice. Well, they must have trusted you, right, to say yes to that. I think, yeah, I mean, we had built a relationship where I was bringing them campaigns over a six month plus period before this started. But I think it was like the honesty. Yeah. A lot of my clients who started with me had been interviewing with a lot of different management companies and all of them promise a lot of things that they can't hold uphold. And I just walked in and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but like, if you feel like, you know, let's do this together, let's build. If I don't know somebody, we'll figure it out. And I think there was a lot of respect that people had in that. And they felt like, oh shit, I don't necessarily need the resources, but I need a person who's going to have my back no matter what. Right. And someone who's being really honest about their experience as well. I think so many entrepreneurs have, have really labored under this fake it till you make it mentality which isn't bad, but it doesn't always resonate with people. And a lot of people can smell that as inauthentic a mile away. I think people misunderstand the statement, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the most widely un misunderstood statements. I do wholeheartedly believe in that statement in the sense of what all that means is you have to have confidence in yourself. Yeah. That's all it means. And so when you walk into a building and you're networking with someone, you need to walk up to them and have extreme confidence in what you can provide. That doesn't mean lying about what resources you have. Yeah. 100%. That means being utterly honest with what you have, but don't walk in there and you're talking to someone who is a big time TV casting director and tell them that you've never touched anything. But what you can do is say, hey, I'm really eager to get into this space. I've been researching. I have a bunch of you know, I've been working in this space for a little bit. You can say things that show that you're confident in your abilities, but with the knowledge that you are not where you need to be and that you want to utilize them to grow. Yes. I think that is an interesting perspective because I think at your age, at 24, I'd be much more uh, willing, right, to say, you know, I don't, I've done, I've done research, I don't know a ton, but I'm happy to work with you and like figure it out. And I think there's this perspective, especially for women as we get older, that we're supposed to know it by now, you know, and I, part of me agrees with it. And then part of me is like, you know what, though, we're all still, there's always going to be something in life that we have a beginner's mind for. And it's better to have a beginner's mind sometimes. So I wonder, I'd be curious to talk to you in 10 years and see if that um, still resonates with you, right, to see if you're still like, it's not, you know, because you had talked to me before, um, we started recording about how someone had said you're such a baby to you. Yeah, I think yeah. in 10 years, I, I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> I would knowing myself, I would say I probably will have a similar perspective yeah. just because everyone has something to learn. And 
you know, I've been in situations where a lot of men in this industry have said things like, you're never going to make it, you're a woman in the industry, or, oh, you're such a baby, or, hey, mama, how are you? Mm. And, like, just kind of comments that insinuate that I wouldn't know what I'm doing. And, you know, I think that there's a, you know, there's a lot of amazing men out there who have been so supportive of me and that I love dearly. But I also think that there's this idea, and, and this even goes for some older women treating younger women is like, you are right, you are more experienced, but you're more experienced in some things. Yeah. And that we're in a whole new era. And every era comes with new platforms, new territories, new new findings. Yep. And I might have been spending the last year researching some findings that you might not know. And you might know a lot of things and people that I don't know. That's so fair. you're right. You know, you or whoever it is in the situation that's older, yeah, you might know a lot more people who are successful. You might know, you know, you might have a bigger network. You might have longer lasting knowledge, but you don't necessarily have the same knowledge that I do. And mm -hmm. so some of the best people I've spoken to are ones that ask me about my knowledge because then I can go to them. You know, I'm aware that I don't know everything. I'm not <laughs> right. walking into the room thinking that I'm on the same level as somebody who is necessarily older than me but what i do acknowledge is that i have something to bring to the table that they can't bring no matter how hard they try oh absolutely you have your own perspective and and just the totally different way that you look at the world and that's so valuable yeah and i think more people especially men in this industry need to just respect that mm -hmm. because all i ask walking into a room is that you're going to respect the things that i've done and i'm going to respect the things that you've done yeah i would never walk in and say i'm better than you and I would expect that you wouldn't do the same to me. Um, some of the smartest people I know are like five years younger than me even. Right. You know? <laughs> it's true. Well, and listen, I also think, in, especially in the wedding industry, for my listeners are primarily in the wedding industry, you know, we're an industry that's really slow to evolve. We're really slow to change. And when I started in this industry 12 years ago, I mean, listen, like you're going to like be like, what? 12 years ago, Instagram wasn't even a, a major player in anything, right? Instagram was like just getting started. And I remember as a newbie to the industry being really excited about Instagram and like posting all the time and like wanting you know, to be really good at that platform and having like senior wedding planners look at me and be like, you're wasting your time. Like this is, it's not going to be anything like you need to do this, this and that. And it was all this like old school sales techniques. And I was like, I think it might be Instagram. And they're like, no, 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 that's a flash in the pan. And it's like, um, hello, <laughs> like it's only gotten more relevant and more and, and more involved as the years go on. And like, I wonder about those people, like, are they still in business? Or are they still current? I have no idea. It is always what's new and the biggest dumb move. And this is what I tell my employees every single day is a new thing coming out and saying it's not going to be the next big thing. You have to treat every new thing that comes out like it is going to be the end all be all, because if five of them fail, you have all seven under your belt. Mm -hmm. That is the way of the world. What you are doing what we're doing now is not going to be what we're doing in five years. Yeah, It's just, I don't know what we're going to be doing, but it's not what we're doing now. So when people bring new ideas and new platforms and new strategies to the table, you can't just cross something off the list. And some of my most successful clients right now that we've helped build from zero views on YouTube all the way up to three to four billion views are because they leaned into something that everyone else thought was stupid.
I think that there's so there's such a wiseness to just the idea of like curiosity and embracing what's new instead of being afraid of what's new. Absolutely. And this is something I talk about a lot with my employees because I think that um, a lot of bosses tend to let employees get into their comfort zone and get into a groove in their job and this is just how we do it and this is how we make money and if it's sales or wedding industry or whatever whatever it is this is how it's done and in the reality you have to evolve what you're doing if you want to grow and that's you as a person that's you as a company that's you as in you know life everybody wants to grow and so everybody needs that push to get out of what they're doing yeah um, and get into something new. If you're doing something that's not working, you have to change it. Even if you're doing something that is working, it could work better if you change it. Yes. And I also, you know, I get the sense that w with your employees, there's a real uh, culture of like support for the newness. Yeah. So kind of how I structure my company culture, because in entertainment specifically, we work in a world where it is not a nine to five. And I actually have a different perspective on nine to fives um, because me personally, I feel like most people I know that work a standard nine to five are not happy with their lives. Yep. <laughs> um, and this is a very hot take. So for all you <laughs> listeners, um, but most of them are not happy. They're content. They're comfortable. No one should be living in their comfort zone, no matter what you're doing. And what I like to do with my employees that I think a lot of companies don't do is find out where they want to be in five years. And I encourage them to tell me if it has nothing to do with what we do, because especially with what I do in management and we're a startup, I can create jobs based off what they're good at. But if I don't know, then I can't do that. So as their interests change, employees feel comfortable to come to me to say, hey, I, you know, I found this new new passion of video editing. Like, do you think that we could fit this in somewhere? Or I just found out, you know, my old assistant who's now moved up within the company, she was a really great photographer. I had no idea. But that was something that I was able to implement that made her really happy. You don't need to have these side hustles and all these things when you can create a team in which everyone feels open and honest. But in order to do that, people have to allow their boundaries and understand that you don't leave what's going on in your life at the door. You bring it in. You tell us what is going on in your personal life. You don't need to give me every little detail. You can share what you are comfortable sharing. But when you do that, I would rather if you're having a really rough family day, work on a Saturday versus a Monday. I would rather you have that flexibility and I would rather know that there's a really big opportunity for, you know, if it's a lot of my employees are younger, but if they were to have kids, like that the kids have a game during the day, I'd rather them miss work during the day and then work later at night once the kids go to bed versus vice versa. Yeah. To me, it's, you know, it's about creating a, you know, a culture in which work doesn't feel like work. And that's so important to me. Yeah. I'm curious in your in your business, um, do your employees directly? I mean, I'm sure they do, right? Talk directly to the client, right? So the, does the client ever know that, like, oh, so and so is having a taking a mental health day? She'll be back with you tomorrow, or is it just sort of like everyone covers for each other? I think it depends on what's going on. We do like to be super open and honest with our talent, but when you're dealing with talent, what's important to remember is as a manager, 
you are their level. We have to be their level. They are going through all these ups and downs and we are the straight line through the middle. And so if they feel as if their, their lifeline and that line is unstable, that makes them even more unstable. We teach our employees, you know, how can we work around that? It's by being honest, but being honest in a more, it's under control way. And then as a team internally, we work through the problems. So I would rather you be blunt with me and then me and then us strategize together of how we're going to talk to that client. Every client's different. Some clients want you to be more open and honest. Other clients who are maybe more um, unstable in their own in their own time at that given day, you know, maybe we go more of a, hey, you know, we have an appointment for a few hours, like, you know, whatever the case is, or maybe just one of us jumps in. Yeah, it's very much like weddings, you know, like our clients rely on us for a lot of emotional stability and a lot of common storm type of behavior, especially for the wedding planners listening. Um, It's one of the reasons I became a certified life coach because I was like, I'm life coaching these people and I need more skills, you know? Um, So I think it's interesting because, you know, I know like, you know, everyone always says like generationally, you know, like, like obviously the boomer generation doesn't ever talk about their feelings and like Gen X is so sarcastic Mm -hmm. and then millennials are more like, okay, we can maybe, maybe like incorporate some of this. And like, as the generations get younger, everyone's way more interested in like the person as a whole human and not just like, what can you accomplish for me? And like, then go home and be a completely different human, you know? I was talking to someone about this, um, then I recently listened to a podcast that was talking about it as well is like you if you're living a double life, which is essentially what people insinuate when you talk about work life balance, it is insanely unhealthy and it breaks people down because they feel as if half their day they're alone and the other half of their day they're also alone because no one at home knows what's going on at work and no one at work knows what's going on at home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even you know, some people obviously tell their families what's going on at work, but it's they don't understand it in the same way because you're not giving that information. You're holding up a barrier within you, whether you're it's subconscious yeah. by talking about that terminology. And so you're so right in the wedding planning industry. A lot of my friends are um, engaged, getting married right now, and I'm like seeing them all do it as well. And, you know, while while there is that lifeline, I almost think that the productivity in my company improves so much once the employees were able to say like, I'm having, like, this is going on. Like, please give me one day because Mm -hmm. if you get that one day, you're going to be recharged. But if you keep working through it and you allow yourself to crash, each day is like less productive than if you just took one. Right. So is that one of the ways that you emphasize mental health with your team? So one of the ways that I emphasize mental health is I actually just take note of their productivity. And if it starts to decline, I tell i'll text them and say hey you're you're not going to work today and we do the standard um you know pto amount or a startup Mm -hmm. but you know we each employee gets whatever it is two weeks pay time off but sometimes i'll give them additional time hey take today catch up whatever day this week if you want to do it at night weekend whatever i don't care just take this time because i can tell that you're not being productive and you know, you're forgetting things and that's a big sign of burnout yeah. um, or things aren't getting done on time or whatever it is. And I think at first 
all the employees felt like, oh no, I'm going to get fired. Like she's mad. And eventually they came to realize like, no, like this is, it's an okay thing to notice. You're not getting fired. You're just burnt out and it's very clear. So why would I want someone, why would I want to pay someone on a day that's burnt out versus like take that time and then come back to me, you know? As the owner though, does it ever feel sort of chaotic to have people doing that or is it pretty well managed? Um, with what we do, it's pretty well managed. I think, I mean, obviously what we do is chaotic by nature. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You work with talent. It's chaotic all the time. Yeah, it's chaotic by nature, but I feel like anything in my inbox, people get annoyed with me when I do this, but like, you can wait till the next day. It, the world's going to go on. And if, you know, sometimes I'll say, Hey, what do you have urgent that's happening today? They'll send me a list. Okay, we'll cover for you. Have fun, you know? Yeah. But with that, with giving that kind of treatment, I expect that they go above and beyond in other ways, you know, yeah. that they're not clocking out at five o'clock and ignoring Right. Me. They're not, they're not underperforming. They're just working at off hours. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But for some people, you know, it encourages people to say, you know, one of my employees is not a morning person. Oh God, me either. <laughs> from, from the hours of nine to 11, she gets nothing done like quite literally nothing so why would i want her working from 9 to 11. she likes working from 6 to 8 p.m great so fine you can do that because as long as you're taking your meetings you're showing up for our clients you're answering my calls to me it doesn't matter we have office space they come to the office on time that's all i care about Um, And I think it provides an environment in which they feel safe and comfortable because, you know, another, you know, humans sometimes work mornings and do great and other people just aren't like that. Oh, I'm not built like that. That's the the reason I'm an entrepreneur is because one, I don't like taking any, (laughs) I don't like anyone telling me what to do, which is hilarious. Um, But the other reason is I like to, I stay up late and I sleep late and I work when I work and that's when I'm more productive. If you told, if you made me come to work at 7am, I don't know who would do that, but if you just say, I would be miserable and completely unproductive until about 10am. I would just sit there moaning about it. I just can't do it. Yeah. And and that's like some of my employees. And I think, you know, one of my employees said something to me recently when we were doing a review was like, this is the first time in my whole career and she's 27 that she didn't feel like she needed to apply to other jobs. And I asked her like, why? Cause I'm just curious. I obviously, I love that comment, sure. but like, you know, why is that? And I, you know, a lot of it was that she felt like her mental health was a priority and yeah. that her goals were a priority. And I think that oftentimes people are seen as like a number in a giant pot and that they can only grow if the company grows. And while that is factual, like you have to provide value and bring monetary value to the company, there's a lot of ways in which you can provide value that's a passion for you that doesn't have to be completely separate from what we're doing on a given day. Yeah, well, you're seeing them as whole people, and that's so important. And yeah. it sounds so basic, yeah. but for years and decades and decades, people just haven't been. Um, and I, I imagine it's still happening today in, a, in like a monolith like Amazon or something. You know, I don't think the people who work there feel like, oh, yeah, Amazon sees me as a whole human person. I'm guessing. No, and, and I think it all just comes down to how the bosses are trained because as you grow, obviously, you know, I'm as I hope to grow, I'm not going to be able to know and like be as personal as I am with every single employee that my company has. Right. But 
what you can do is train your executive level to treat the employees the same way that you do. And so that it travels down and provide that same course of action and reporting and making sure that that does happen. And it all comes down to, you know, I kind of said this, but my family struggled with mental health, like, you know, very, very severe mental health. My mom, my, just my whole family. And so for me growing up around that, you kind of notice that you have to look at things from different perspectives and everyone has a different reality on a situation. And it's important to understand that one type of rule system is not going to work for everybody. I think it's incredibly important. I just think you're doing so many things right. And I'm so impressed. But um, I have a question for you about the sort of like the client side of your business. So one of the things you guys do is, you know, brand consulting, and you do like long term growth strategy, like, do you have this same sort of um, eye on mental health for your clients as well? Like, are you like, you know, talking about long strategy and also like breaks in there when you're doing that kind of thing? Yeah. So it's incredibly hard to provide breaks for our talent. Yeah. Because number one, Social media is like like a job. Yeah. If you tell someone you're going to show up one day and you don't show up, then you get fired or you get a, a strike, yeah. right? And so when your cadence of posting is every day and you don't show up to work, the algorithm punishes you. And so the way, you know, we send out mental health check-ins um, every few months to our talent. It's anonymous. We just have them. They could put their name if they want, but just fill in how they're feeling, like what kind of support they would like. Do they need a therapist? Like things like that. So we do that for our talent. And then, you know, we get to know them on a personal level. I know when my talent's burnt out and I just cancel a bunch of shit for them. And I tell them, hey, you're not go. And they're like, why? I want to. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and, you know, because the thing is, is they're not going to shut down. Right. So you have to sometimes do it for them and make that executive decision. And, you know, that allows them to not burn out. But burnout's so, so real because people don't really understand it in entertainment. No. And so, um, you know, when we, the same way it goes for like, you know, our consulting and when we're talking to brands, we like to get people to back up as much as they can so that we can continue and that you can continue to show up without, you know, with being able to take a day. Yeah. I also encourage all my clients to get to know their own bodies. Um, I'm really big on like mind body connection. And I think that a lot of people don't understand what they need. Sometimes you just need a few hours per day and you'll never burn out. Other people need two days a week, but you have to know, are you someone that recharges by being around people? Are you someone who recharges by being alone? Are you someone who needs to go on a hike by yourself or be in nature, get extra oxygen? Like, all those factors that we never learn that you ha- once you take that time, I feel like your body, you won't get sick if you listen to your body in that sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you say the thing about, you know, social media being a job. I mean, it 100 percent is as someone who I mean, I own two businesses and so I have to be on social media, although I do enjoy it. Um, I definitely if I'm in the mood, if I'm not in the mood to post and I don't, I obviously see the results. We all do. Right. When we have those intermittent like, you know pauses Mm -hmm. but um elise myers on tiktok said something the other week about how she was taking a face break that's what she she came on and said look i have to take a face break i can't 
I can't look at myself anymore. I can't edit any more videos. Like I need a break. And I think she was like off the platform for like a couple of days. It wasn't, I didn't notice it any huge stretch, but I remember thinking in that moment, like, Hey, good for her to notice that that's what she needed. Good for her to tell her audience. That's what she needed. But then I also was like, does she not have anyone on her team that can edit these things for her? Like, is she not batching her content? Like as an entrepreneur, I was like very concerned for her. Like she needs help. And I guess I'm curious, like when you when you work with your clients or if you work with a brand, are you working with an individual or a large group of folks? Or does it matter? I mean, some of my clients have a team of 15 people on their team. Some of my clients have just me. Some of some brands have a large team. So I really think it just depends on on who and what the situation is. Typically, we're the first person that they bring on and then we build out a team for them that makes sense for their needs. Oh, that's nice to know. So, okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so it really depends. You know, some people need more hands-on. Some people are more entrepreneurial and like to have their hands in the pot. Some people, you know, really, it really just depends and we cater it toward what that person is and help them to build that out, find what who they need to hire, what makes sense. Um, but you're right. Like you can't, you can't really miss days if you've created consistency the same way. If you like skip the gym for one day, you're just like all out of whack. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know one day missing the gym becomes like two or three days because you're like, well, but I, uh, I should get back. But it's like, you know, like that object in motion stays in motion. Same for social media. Yes. Like person who's exactly. posting stays posting. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I know a lot of my wedding pros that are listening have a, a real love-hate relationship with uh, social. So in the wedding industry, a lot of us are just like posting and praying, you know, and there isn't a ton of strategy that I see with my clients or, and frankly, even in the early years of my business. So like for you as someone who is a brand consultant and does this full-time, how important is a strategy when we're looking at like long-term growth? Like, can you really grow without a strategy? I guess is my question. The answer is no. People, the most common misconception about social media is, oh, these people got lucky and blew up. While that is somewhat true, there is an understanding of analytics that is a must have. And this is what I do in consulting is I look at your page. Now, something that you might not even know is that some some profiles darker content does better than lighter content or if you post a video that's two seconds shorter it'll do better than a video that's two seconds longer because of the watch time and the drop off mm. so you wouldn't know that if you didn't have a strategy and with a strategy it's your cadence right if you had a job and you told them that you were going to come two days a week you have to show up the same two days every week or else they're going to fire you it is the same thing here. You need to have that strategy of what it's going to look like, but you also have to maintain that and you have to come up with creative ideas because if you just go through the motions, you're never going to grow the same way. If you just go through the motions in a job, you're never going to get leveled up. You can't ask for a raise by going through the motions. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too. I think a lot of wedding pros get very intimidated by the creative side of it and either they copy what someone else is doing, which whatever, if you're getting started, like just get started and who cares? Cause a lot of it is trending anyway. But then I think they are intimidated by um, the consistency of it. I think that's a real thing because it's like I get from people all the time like, well, I couldn't possibly get involved in TikTok. Like I'm running a business and I'm like, I hate to break this to you, but like that's all part of running a business now. That is your business. Yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. And I'm so glad that um, that I was able to ask that to you directly because we often have social media like uh, people on the show, but they're mostly like that's not their full job, right? Their full job is like, well, they're a wedding pro who happens to be good at social media. Uh, it's rare that we have an actual brand strategist on the show. So I'm very um, thankful for your expertise. What I will tell everybody listening 
is all my friends are only picking their wedding stuff from TikTok. So if you are not on it, you are not going to get be the one that they hire. And that's the reality of the situation. My cousin just booked her wedding off of TikTok. My best friend just booked her wedding off of TikTok. They find their florist. They find their everything is off of TikTok and short form content, YouTube shorts, um, reels. And so if you are not doing that and you are being stubborn, that whole new generation that's getting engaged right now is not going to be the ones that are going to come your way. I mean, and so it's true. important. And that's, that was blunt and, you no, know, that's rude, the truth. It's the way Listen, yeah. all of my clients send me TikToks. Do you, can you get this florist? Wait, can we do something like this? Like sometimes they'll send them to me and I'm like, what in this did you like? <laughs> because there's like 97 things and they're like the dance floor. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't. Uh, okay, great. Um, So much inspiration is coming from TikTok. So much knowledge, whether it's real or t- whether it's actually good knowledge or, or people just talking about shit that they don't know anything about. It's all on TikTok. So yeah, I just, I'm, I mean, I admit that I'm a little bit obsessed with TikTok. It's like, it's what I do for entertainment now. I'm like, let me just scroll the TikTok for a while before bed. Uh, is it healthy? Who cares? It's what I'm doing. Um. But yeah, YouTube shorts, though, is what's being slept on. Right YouTube now, so. shorts. OK, tell us what the hell is a YouTube short? It is like TikTok. It's short form content on YouTube. Um, you should be on it. It's been around for about a year and a half, maybe more. You know, all my clients that are on it have blown up so much. It's what they're really pushing. And Snapchat Spotlight, Snapchat has more users than Instagram and TikTok combined. So Make that short form content and repurpose it. Now you're going to have to come back and talk to us about that. Now, I don't, it's too much. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> to me, but what are you doing? You're just giving us more. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, last question for you, because I always like to like bring it full circle is um, as far as like, what are you looking for as a brand strategist? Like what sort of brands are you looking to align yourself with as a company? I'm really looking for any brand. We do monthly consulting um, for brands. So we do like a three month consulting period where we help them with their digital strategy. We do an audit on their platforms, see where they're at, help them get to where they need to go. And so for me, it doesn't matter what type of person or brand that you are. Um, You know, for us, we're able to grow any type of brand because it's about knowing the algorithm and less about the type of content that you're working on. So where do people find you to, to reach out to you for that? You can find us at Next Step Talent on Instagram and nextsteptalent.co on is our website and feel free to reach out at any point. And my Instagram is Tamima Shamus and yeah. Great. We will put all of those links in the show notes so you can reach out and get started with your brand strategy. You guys, a three month like audit is like a no brainer. Anyone who's listening who's like, I don't know about my Instagram, just freaking email them. Like, just get it done. This is your 2023 challenge. Like, I'm, I cannot have another conversation about like, should I be on? The- yes. Yes. Right. They should be on everything. <laughs> yes. It's it's the same question of like, should you have gotten a billboard? Like when billboards oh, first came out, like yeah. you've got a billboard or like, should you've done that Google ad? Like the answer is always yes. It's a new thing. Do it. That's it. It's always a yes, you guys. It's always a yes. Tamima, thank you so much for being here. You are wise and amazing. And I'm so grateful that we got to spend time together. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I'm so excited <laughs> to continue the conversations with you all. Anytime. All right, friends. Listen, you know what I'm going to say? Because I say it every week. Your time is very valuable and you cannot make any more of it. So I'm always very grateful that you spent it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. 
dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 